0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature.
1: It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hello, and welcome. Welcome back, or welcome to Overflow with yours truly, Kimberly Snyder. I'm so excited to be relaunching, sharing, our podcast with you. I think on my healing journey, I welcome you to join and walk with me, be inspired by our guests. And I'm hoping maybe there'll be an inspiration or a spark of motivation from someone who shares something on the podcast that might help you in your journey, your obstacles, uh, regain some strength or refuel or inspire you to take action or slow down, And I'm thrilled today to welcome back Charlotte Cantor. You may remember Charlotte Cantor from the early days of Overflow, and it's so great to catch up with her. She is on a healing journey. She's not battling or tackling or fighting cancer. She is healing from her cancer journey. And she is such an interesting, beautiful light to share her ideas, her research, and her coaching that she supports other clients and other mamas, helping them reclaim their health and happiness, both for them and for their kids. Such an interesting woman. I hope you'll enjoy this conversation with us. She's very inspiring. She does private holistic health coaching. She has some amazing programs online as well, from Fed Up to Fired Up. And you'll find her on Instagram please join me in welcoming Charlotte. Have a listen, have a cry, let your emotions go. We'll talk more about that and really truly honoring what emotions are bubbling up, whether it's an adult temper tantrum or whether it's a good cry. Let those emotions go. I'm learning to do that too. And I think that's part of our healing journey so that we can truly live our best, most awesome life and show up life's obstacles, for the challenges, and also live vibrant, big adventures, big life stories. So thank you so much, Charlotte, in advance. I hope you enjoy listening to our conversation. Here we go. Welcome to Overflow, the podcast. Are you filling everyone's cup meanwhile your energy and inspiration is drained? I believe when you move from overdrive to overflow... Well, listen, I want to uh, welcome you back, Charlotte. I have been watching you on your journey. I have been listening. I've been trying to pay attention and trying to uh, really hear the lessons that you're teaching and, and take them as seriously as you are. I wanted to have you back on the Overflow podcast to kind of, well, inspire me, continue to inspire me, and hopefully inspire one other woman listening that um, you know, what language is she using? How is she healing or or hurting and healing? What are some techniques that you are learning that maybe you can share with us? And I'm hoping, you know, one other person will be inspired today. I am certainly inspired every day on your lives, on your Instagram. Um, like I said, I'm watching and listening. So thank you for joining me again today.
0: Uh, thank you so much.
1: Love you lots. Love your energy. And so, so honored to be here, truly. So Great. And I was saying that I was so excited to have you here and yet also resistant to deal with my own emotions on my healing journey that the internet is is flickering and it's a little bit tentative. And that's sort of how I'm feeling. So it's interesting that the internet and our our actual Wi Fi connection is, is a little bit stumbly a little bit it's providing some obstacles which might be a little bit of peace to me that okay we're on pause we don't have to um so there there might be a little bit of internet connection yeah it's
0: it's crazy how the universe Mirrors what's going on within us, like even the smallest little things. So I love that you're even noticing that you're seeing those signs and synchronicities, and then you're reflecting it back on us, like that. That just shows the amount of healing work that you've done on yourself too. That you're even going there because you could have easily just projected all that on, oh, the internet technology. But you're like, nope, this is about me. So that is powerful, (laughs)
1: powerful. I'm sure it is, and I know, um, I know you have lost your dad. Um, like I did, and gosh, that is painful, so I know the journey, I know the pain, and I know the emotions, and i do uh i think I swallow it up um charlotte i i I bottle it up and i I am an emotional person, but to really face the pain is is difficult, so I totally honor how you have been facing it and tackling it and i'm i'm trying so Tell us a little bit about your journey. Tell us a little bit about where you are, and uh, let us take some notes.
0: Yeah. So, in 2011, I was diagnosed with breast cancer at 32, and um, and I was shocked. Like I was fit, I was healthy, I was in the gym, you know, six days a week. Um, I thought there's no way that I'm even sick, you know. And um, and they were like, "Nope, this is breast cancer. We've got to do surgery next week." Then. I'm like, I don't even have kids yet. Like, I want to be able to have kids. Nothing felt right. And and then, you know, even when they were saying, you know, and I said, well, listen, I don't know about surgery. Let me think about it. You know, definitely not chemo. And they're like, no, you've got to do chemo. You're going to die if you don't do it. And I said, well, I want to have children. I won't be able to have children if I do chemo. They will give you one month to do, you know, fertility, everything we rushed. from. And, you know, you're getting pressure from them. And we're talking about death, you know, like fear. I've only known a handful of people that passed away, and they all passed away from cancer. So my level of fear of cancer was, you know, sky high. Intuitively, my my intuition was screaming at me, like, listen, if you get a common cold, what do you do? And I'm like, well, I empower my immune system. So this is apparently the sickest I've ever been. I didn't feel sick. I mean, I felt tired, you know, but I didn't feel sick. Not like a flu or something, you know, where you you feel sick, bedridden. I wasn't bedridden, you know, and um, and they're saying I'm going to destroy your immune system, and I was like, this is the sickest I've ever been, and you want to destroy? Nothing felt right, but because of that level of fear, I really felt like I, you know, I made all those decisions based on fear. I didn't make intuitively. I felt like I betrayed my intuition. I betrayed my heart, and I did. I did surgery. I did one month of fertility. Um, I did chemo. I did radiation. And and at the same time, I also dove into like natural health, and I started making tons of changes to my diet, lifestyle. I left a super stressful job, and um, and once I finished conventional treatment, I was like, like I need to get this stuff out of my body. And I worked really hard, like raw food, raw vegan for like a year afterwards, which is hard. Like the level of commitment that you need to do. It's like bringing food everywhere saying no thank you and having to explain yourself to people it was extremely challenging and then went on to meet my husband I had two children naturally no fertility and I felt like once once I started listening to my intuition once I started acting on those intuitive thoughts all these incredible things start happening like stopping and reversing lymphedema having my two children naturally you know c- uh, just calling in a new career as well like so i felt like everything was lining up beautifully and now fast forward to 2020 <laughs> when the world went upside down and i did not have the same views as um and i'm not you know not here to have a debate but it was just it was very difficult to have different views than the mass than the masses at that point and different views than the family, you know, at that point as well, you know, and then during that time in the middle of, uh, of those couple of years, my father, who I'm extremely close with, I mean, anytime that there was issues, I mean, he was the person I'd be calling, I'm always watching my kids like it was, we had a really, you know, special relationship. And, um, And, and then he was diagnosed with cancer. And intuitively, I knew, he was ready to go. I knew he was tired. He was ready to pass, and people were like, "Oh no, have you know, have hope? He's gonna, he's gonna, you know, he's gonna fight the fight." And your dad's strong, and and I said, "I, I know. I, yes, he is strong. Yes, he's all those things." Intuitively, I knew it, this was his time to go. So I really wanted to honor and respect his journey consciously unconsciously I was like please don't go into the conventional world please don't do surgery chemo and radiation but he did surgery chemo and radiation consciously I was supporting him you know taking him to appointments and taking care of him and grocery shopping and all of that at the same time I was homeschooling my kids um because I didn't they were in you know JK and SK I didn't want them on the computer two hours in the morning, two hours in the afternoon. So I was homeschooling and my business was expanding as well. So I had a lot on my plate. And after he had finished those big three, he was considered um, all clear. So everyone was like, amazing, amazing. I'm like, amazing. Yes, I'm enjoying the moment. I was truly enjoying the moment with my dad, but I knew it wasn't the end of the story. And the doctor had convinced him like, you need to go get... Your shots um, for the last couple of years, and uh, and I was like, Dad, please don't. You don't have an immune system. Let's build up your immune system first. If you still want to do it, let's do it. But let's focus on building your immune system. He's like, No. The doctor said I have to do this. If I don't do it, you know, somebody sneezes or coughs, you know, that could be the end. Well, by the time he had his second one, I'm afraid to say names and whatever because I don't want to get you flagged. But the person that invented that mRNA uh, v. He was like, if you have a history of cancer, do not get it because not only will it come back, but it will come back in as aggressive form. And, um, you know, so he, he ended up getting it the second one. And by the second one, I think if a month or two months after he was diagnosed with heart cancer, now I've been studying, you know, cancer since 2010, 2009, I've never heard of heart cancer, never, never heard of it. And he ended up getting heart cancer and the doctor gave him two weeks left to live. And, you know, and, and during that time, again, throwing myself into work, throwing myself into the kids, throwing myself into, you know, into helping him and being there for him. And within that year, he had passed away shortly after Father's Day. Um, They say people tend to pass near birthdays or holidays or things like that because they want us to celebrate them. So interesting that that happened. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was oh, like, just, I was angry. I was angry. I was devastated. I was like, "F the system!" Like I just had a lot of anger. This is like it's all me, <laughs> you know. Not people. People that work in those <laughs> industries are beautiful souls. It was just my values were different, you know. And then two weeks after he had passed, um, my son kind of jumped into to bed with me, and he he landed on my breast, and I was like, "Ow, what is that?" And then I I felt the lump, and I was like, "No," <laughs> and I was like, "Oh man!" Because when I was so busy, the first thing I threw out the window was exercise. The second thing that I threw out the window was Eating healthy. I mean, I was eating healthy-ish, but I mean, I I let a lot of things slide, which I never did before. So I had created this perfect storm for cancer to come back, and I take full responsibility. Not processing my emotions, holding on to grief. I mean, I was grieving like almost a year and a half before my dad even passed, um, because I I knew that relationship was going to you know how I was just afraid of losing him, you know, losing that that relationship. And uh, yeah, I mean, I was. Not surprised. I mean, it was confirmed. I found the lump, and a few months later, I had an, an ultrasound and an MRI, and it was confirmed to be um, cancer. And I'm like, "Here we go again." And of course, the doctor right away was like, "Listen, let's just do a mastectomy. You know, you did a lumpectomy last time. Let's just do a mastectomy. We can do even do a two for one deal, Charlotte." <laughs> and I was like, "And and you know, the first time I heard that I had cancer, it was like I was like outer body experience, and I was like, oh." there's a fly on the wall. Oh, look, there's a crack. And I was like, no, focus, focus. And I was trying to like zone in and focus on what they were saying. Like, I'm not going into shock. I'm here. I'm present. This time when he said it, I was just, I was fully present. And I was like, well, he really believes this is the only way I can heal. And they said, you can do chemotherapy. It will most likely cause heart failure, but you're young. So you could probably take it. And um, radiation really won't work because that definitely will cause heart failure. (laughs) And here I am, you know, 44 years old, you know, at the time, and, uh, you know, two young kids. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, thank you so much. I think I'm going to try a different way, you know, but uh, I'd like some time. So I asked for some time because I want to focus on my healing. And I knew right away that I needed to take massive, massive action. And, th- and that's what I did started taking massive action. You did.
1: you did, you took it very seriously. And I remember watching you, uh, you're so kind and generous to really share The journey along the way and to pop on from time to time and say, this is how I'm doing. But I remember you sharing that you had your husband with you because I can just imagine my husband. And so the story that I recall is that you were kind of saying to him, stay with me, like stay with me. And so he started to go down, get sad, get mad, get angry. And you were Mm -hmm. like, just a second, like that is one person's perspective Again, respecting all the individuals and the professionals in their in the in what they do, but I can understand that you're thinking, okay, this is one way, and there might be another way. And also, like, let's not dive down into depression. It kind of sounded like, as I can imagine, me grabbing my Paul, like grabbing his arm, like stay with me, stay up here, don't go down, don't get angry. Um, you sort of yeah. Coach
0: yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's tough because, you know, at that point you're barely strong enough to hold your own beliefs you're like well shoot is this the way can I do this is this even possible what if I do this am I trying to prove a point is this eco-driven or is this intuition driven because I don't want to die proving people wrong <laughs> you know like I'm like I don't, I'm not about that either so I really had to kind of dive in and I didn't wait for the diagnosis to make massive changes the moment I found a lump that day I started juicing that day I started moving my body that day I started sweating that day I made sure I pooped like, it was immediate, 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 because we don't need diagnosis in order for make those changes. The moment your body starts communicating with you, take massive action. Massive action equals massive results. Now, I know cancer, cancer is also emotionally, it's related to anger, it's related to fear. It's also related to grief as well. So I knew I needed to dive into all of those emotions. So, I mean, I started meditating about two hours a day. I ended up um, investing in an infrared sauna blanket because it was really important for me to feel safe, for me to feel secure. And when I was in that blanket, I mean, you're sweating, but I would also listen to a guided meditation here i am listening to meditation on health and on healing and i'm like hysterically bawling just missing my dad grieving my dad because the first time in my healing journey with cancer i mean he took me to a lot of my appointments he was there he was my cheerleader you know so it was really hard to grieve him and then to have to take on this this huge challenge without him right So, I mean, here I was bawling my eyes out and then I'd be like, Ooh, okay. That was, that was good. That was a good release. That was hard. That was the last place I wanted to go, but that was good. And then, you know, I'd meditate in the afternoon and again, I'd be bawling and like shaking my whole body's just shaking. Like I could physically feel it starting to leave my body. And I did that for, I mean, ball probably for four months straight, like, uh, you know, almost two hours a day. Not. Not intentionally I didn't go in there thinking I'm gonna cry and grieve this it was like it just it needed to come out it wanted to come out um I did a lot of like healthy tantrums and things like that and and I was still doing like oh let me just you know have the odd piece of like chocolate or let me have the odd glass of like half glass of wine or like here and there which sounds crazy but it, it's like you know it was the holidays or it was this yeah sure I'll have a little bit and I went to go monitor myself by a Tibetan medicine doctor and eastern medicine is so different from western Western were, like. were what's the diagnosis? Oh, okay, breast, you need to go see a breast doctor, you know, you need to go see a breast surgeon, you need to go with a thyroid, they need to go see a thyroid specialist, like everything's broken up. But the truth is, you know, if cancer is able to flourish in your body, it's because your system, there's, there's something's off with your system. So if, if it was a car, you know, your check engine light's flashing. So something's off with your, with your car, with your system. So even if I did surgery, some people were like, just do it. Just cut it out of your body. Like, what are you even thinking about? Just get rid of it. Even if I was to pull the check engine light on, my body can still produce cancer. I mean, people have had mastectomies, you know, and cut off both, both breasts and then had cancer appear on their chest wall. Right, so it's like, well, why is it there? You need it, like I need to get to the root cause. And, and even when I was working with holistic health, pro, you know, prof, uh, professionals, they were saying, "Just get it, just get it, cut out." And I was like, "Oh, our uh, our values are not aligned. Like, I can't work with you because I need to work with somebody that truly knows the body can heal." And that's really, really important. So the same way you would shop for houses, the same way you would shop for sofas or shoes, you know, you go to many different stores. You need to shop with that same amount of care that you do with your your healthcare team because it, it's really important that you have those aligned same aligned views. I, I remember sitting in a natural path's office and interviewing them and saying, I just want to see if you know we we can work together. And um and she was like, you need to listen to your your doctor. And I told her everything that what they said about surgery and chemo and the heart And they're like, well, you need to do it. If you don't do it, you know that you can die. And I said, oh, man, come on. Like the same amount of passion that you're talking about dying. I need that same amount of passion into healing. For living.
1: Yes, yes, living,
0: healing. And I don't feel that from you. I would drive you nuts. You would drive me nuts. (laughs) this relationship is not going to work and i was like thank you so much wishing you tons of success and and walked out and i did that with a few different professionals so shop around and you know when you're on your healing journey the first thing that you need to do is build up that belief turn that belief into knowing, like if I went to go work with a, a mechanic and they said, yeah, I think I can fix your car. Yeah. I believe I can fix your car. Or somebody saying, I know I can fix your car. Who are you going to? You're going to the person that says, no, I know I you can, I know you can heal. I know you've got it in you. That's the energy that you want to rely on. That's the energy that you want to, you know, start working with. So every single day, I invested in you know courses or whatever. I mean, I took so many different courses. I became a holistic cancer practitioner just so I could dive into my own healing. I listened to success stories, two or three success stories, people that have healed cancer naturally every single day until that belief was so ingrained, that knowing was so ingrained in my brain. And then I continued to take action. And when I saw that Tibetan medicine doctor, at first he was like, you're still acidic. And I was like, I'm still acidic. It's six months in, I've been doing raw food, juicing the odd glass of wine, the odd glass of you know eating food that I normally wouldn't eat. So I was like, that's it. I need to go all in. I need to go all in on my healing journey. And again, within that next month, I saw him the next month and he was like, oh, you're you're alkaline. Disease and illness can only grow in an acidic environments. So all of a sudden now I'm alkaline. No longer, I have no longer have any mucus in me. No, no more phlegm in my, and all he was doing was checking my tongue, checking my pulse and checking my urine. That's it. Very minimal words. No, like fear driven. He's like, okay, good. Everything's moving in the right direction. I said, what, what about my urine? Is it still acidic? Nope. Alkaline and no more phlegm, no more mucus. I was like, okay, see you next month. Like, that's it. You go to the conventional doctor. And it's like, if you don't do this, you're going to die. What's the the emotional response for cancer? It's fear. We don't want that energy anywhere near us, right? And so, during that time, shortly after I'd been working with him and making you know massive changes, I went to go have uh, an MRI done. And my tumor had grown. Now this is, they diagnosed me with a very aggressive type of cancer and my tumor had grown a little bit. And I was like, oh, like at first devastated, I'm like, "F!" like, what am I doing wrong? What's going wrong? Like, what am I missing here? Like really stuck in my feelings. And I I couldn't see anything. I couldn't have any clarity, not the time to meditate, right? That's the time to have the healthy tantrum, had the healthy, if you try and meditate without having a healthy tantrum, you're going to get even more pissed. We're going to start taking it out on our kids, on our partners or wherever, right? Or I don't know, driving in traffic or person at the grocery store, you know, whatever it is. So really important to acknowledge that you're angry, that you're pissed and have that healthy tantrum, scribble on paper, you know, smash some ice, pound the pillow, scream in your car. And then once you've kind of shifted, you know, dance that energy out, whatever it is, but shift that energy, get that energy out of your body. Then once you've kind of calmed down, then you want to process your emotions. Well, why was I angry? Why was I pissed? And I start getting it all out. And then I still didn't really see the big picture of things. And then I meditated. And then the clarity came. And it was like, man, like if this is a fast growing tumor, it's still in the breast. It hasn't gone outside, it's not on the chest wall, it's not even in your lymph nodes, it's just in the breast. So maybe I am containing it, you know, maybe it has shrunk. So this, my first scan was in September, now that this one was in May, and it had grown a little bit. So maybe I I have been stopping it. And I said, the amount of work that I've been doing, I'm no longer acidic, everything's moving in the right direction, keep going. And what other shifts can you make? What other changes can you make? So, and I, you know, I'm still on this journey. I'm still processing everything and I'm still tweaking and making some changes. And I have to keep asking myself, like, am I going all in? And the answer is yes now, (laughs) like all in. And I think especially... As a mom as well, it's really important to include your whole family in your healing journey. Really important because it's not only you manifesting it, it's everybody manifesting it. So you've got to talk openly about it. If there's shame, if there's guilt, very low vibrational energy. If you're like, no, I don't want to talk about it because I don't want to upset them and I don't want to upset me. So no, we're not going to talk about it. We're going to pretend everything's fine. We're creating an energy of like shame and guilt. We cannot heal in that environment. We need to have open dialogues with our family, open dialogues with our children and, uh, you can kind of, I know we're on video here and not everybody's going to see that, but I have a checklist on my, on my, um, fridge. A magnetic like checklist on, on fridge. my fridge. Yes. Yeah. So I have a checklist of all the things that I do, like my enemas, my castor oil packs, sleep, am I laughing? My big salads, my juice, and a bunch of herbs and supplements and things that I'm taking exercise. And my kids do the checklist every day. So they're part of that. And, you know, even yesterday, Jasmine, you know, drew a picture and she said, mama, here's a picture. And it says, you know, a picture of me and it's like, I'm healed. So they're also manifesting it. All this is part of the healing journey as well. And, and I've been, I've stopped working because when you, you know, take massive action on your healing journey, you've got to go with it. You've got to kind of like turtle in and say, okay, what do I need to change? And it takes a while to kind of get your ducks in a row. It takes a while to activate it and integrate it into your life. So it took me a while, you know, a few, six months, you know, to kind of do that. And even once I finally got like, I finally got the hang of things, about six months into my healing journey, I broke out in a full body rash, like head to toe. And I was like... What is happening? My old self probably would have like taken, do I need to take Benadryl? Do I need to like, what do I need to do? Do you need to go see a doctor? Like what's happening? Is the cancer spreading? You know, journaling, journaling, journaling. And once I kind of, again, processed those emotions, meditated and gained insight into that, the clarity was like, no, you're releasing even more because your body's finally relaxing. So I was like, oh, this is a good thing. So thank God I didn't take Benadryl, which again is hard on the liver when we want to help the liver as much as we can right now. So the healing journey is not a straight line. You're kind of all over the map and you really just need to like honor and respect it and, and kind of go for
1: go for that ride. I, I'm but- totally trying. I'm totally trying. I'm following you. I'm cheering you. I'm like praying and sending all positive uh, light and awesomeness your way. I would say- and i think this is where our internet might cut out cuz i keep resisting but it's the um it's the emotions right charlotte like mm-hmm. it's the uh it's the processing of the sadness or processing of the fear and so yeah. having that i don't know it, is it just me or are we are we all sort of built like that where we think you know what why don't we just swallow it down and i'll just pack it down like just pack it nice and tight mm-hmm. and then you know it's so far down that I, I don't need to bubble it up. Because if I start to cry, it's true. Like it might be a two hour and it's not intentional. <laughs> it might even come out at no. the wrong time. And so what's your advice there? Because I I hear it. I understand it. I'm totally resisting. And I wonder if there's others like me who, you know, in the in the chaos of all the things, and maybe it's even something that happened, you know, for me, like in 2016, that I I want to show that I'm brave. I want to be you know, a good mom, I want to be a role model, I want to have a podcast that says, you know, I'm living my best life and overflow. Um, But tell me about the resisting. And I wish you would say, can we just kind of pack it down? Yeah, I wish there was, I, I wish there was a magic pill be like,
0: poof, like emotions disappeared, you're healed, you know, congratulations, move on. But every single illness, every single injury, illness, injury, all comes back to our emotions, emotions that we're storing in our body. And, and that's kind of my area of specialty because my in my past life, I mean, my background was a mental health professional where I worked in, you know, psych wards, like mental health inpatient units for, for kids and teens. And then I combined that with my health and nutrition as well. But, but that is, so so important, and it is so important to process those emotions to 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 really hold that mirror up, you know, to ourselves. What am I feeling? What is going on right now? And a lot of times we can identify with anger. Well, that person pissed me off, or this pissed me off, or my work pissed me off. But they're all mirrors of what's going on, like within us. So we have the courage to kind of turn around and dig deep. You know, it can be. It's not fun. It's not fun. It can be painful. But on the other side of that, it's like it's crazy what can happen. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's crazy. And and I can say this as well, like, even when I first started sharing my journey, I had a lot of fear, like, oh, my gosh, a lot of shame, guilt, low vibration, and you attract low vibrational people as well. So the first time I came out and said, the cancer's back, and I shared that story, and I kind of pooped my pants saying it, but I was like, no, I I need to get rid of the shame and guilt. And I need to share the story. I had somebody come on and, and she said, if you don't like, the, con- and I, I again, I, when I talk about the conventional, I, I try and show a lot of respect because these are beautiful souls that are working sure. there, but it just doesn't align with my values. But somebody said like, stop wasting taxpayer dyers and go home and die. And I was like, Ooh, okay let me pull back and let me not do any more videos. Cause I can't handle this right now. And again, doing the work, doing the work, doing the work. And I had this, I, I had been resisting working again. Cause I'm like, I can't work until this thing is healed. I need to heal this thing in my body. And then I'll come out and help people. Cause that will look really good ego. This will look really good on my resume. If I heal this and I was meditating and it was so, so clear Kimberly. Like, it was like, no, this is part of your healing process. You need to help people now. And it showed me energetically people kind of lining up waiting for me. And I had people spiritually lining up for me. So it wasn't like me doing the work. It was, uh, there's nothing special about me. You know, like it's just, I'm learning and I'm doing, you know, I'm learning or I might teach, but there's, it's not special about me per se. But it was like a team of like, you know, spiritual helpers, angels, God, universe, you know, all these people kind of saying, no help, help other people because you have the resources now to do it. And you focusing on them and focusing on light and love and whatever, that's part of your healing journey. And it also, it's like a happy distraction of of this. I'm still doing the work. It's not like I'm not dealing with this, but now my focus is on healing energy, you know, love, light and supporting other people. And then I had somebody comment, make a comment on it. I did a video why I refuse a breast cancer drug, tamoxifen. Many, this is in 2011. I did a YouTube video. And um, long story short, it's made by a company called AstraZeneca, which we now know, but I didn't know back then. And AstraZeneca makes the number one herbicide, fungicide, insecticide that cause estrogen-based cancer. So they had the money in the cause, spraying all our food, but also in the treatment. And I said, no, thank you. I don't trust the company. I'm not, I don't want to take that drug. So I did a short video on that. And then... An- then the the moment I kind of stepped out and started doing all kinds of educational videos of what I'm doing, just sharing my, you know, healing cancer naturally journey. I had somebody come on to that video and say, ah, you should go see her latest video. She has, you know, she has cancer again, like, ha ha ha. and, you know, I wasn't triggered. I wasn't triggered at all. I was like, Oh man, come on now, like <laughs> you know, sending you light and love, but I truly wasn't triggered. And it was in that moment, like, Whoa, like I have done some incredible healing work for me to want to run and hide from that first comment, like go home and die. Cause when you talk about big things, when you talk about the things that are outside of the norm, the deep, deep programming that we've had around you know medicine around conventional treatment around how we view healthcare you know it can ruffle some feathers and um and once i had that and i wasn't triggered i was like woo i've i've done some work so when we're constantly triggered or we don't want to talk about things or we're trying to avoid things or that shows we just got to do the work. Like those are the teachers, you know, so it means that we need to spend some quiet time go within to help process those emotions. But and then when we're no longer triggered, that means we've done some good work. (laughs) you know. And and yesterday,
1: yesterday, I was watching you on Instagram, and you were talking about the um, adult temper tantrum. And I think we've talked about this in the past. But somehow Mm -hmm. yesterday, I was really listening because I think your heading was sort of you can't meditate when you're, uh, when you're, when you're stressed, or when you're in the chaos. And so there is something about and I think there's do no harm, do no harm to yourself, do no harm to others or nature. Uh, Don't do any harm. And if you need to, if you need to rant or stomp your feet, or you said, like, throw, throw some ice or uh, yell into a pillow. All of a sudden, I thought, yeah, that might be one way of I'm sort of letting go and and I think, as children, they kind of they stomp, they have their temper tantrum, and then next thing you know, wow, five seconds, and they're they're back and they're laughing, and there might be something to that, you know, like maybe we should just release the emotion, however it needs to come out, whether it's for me, it might be tears, but I can also imagine um stomping my feet or when you said like breaking ice, I thought, oh, that might really feel good some days.
0: Yeah, no, that's, it's huge. And we've been programmed to store all that inside, like sit still in the classroom. Don't move. Don't do this. Don't talk. Don't do this. And you're holding everything inside and then you go home and it's like, I've had a stressful day. Keep it in. You're like, okay, I'm just bottling it all up. Um, I mean, it could be from even injuries, you've hurt yourself, or, or if you're sick, stop complaining, don't do this, don't talk. Blah, blah, blah. And you're just before you know it, you're bottling up so, so much. And we we move away from our authentic selves. And all that energy is just there waiting for us to transmute it into something healthy. But for we've sure. got to do it. And once our body starts talking to us, it means that we've got emotions to come out and, and it needs to come out. And there's so many mums that are like, I can't meditate. I, I, I can't do it. I can't sit down and I can't listen to it for five minutes. Never mind 10 minutes. Like it's, it's just too much. And I'm like, man, you've got energy in you that needs to come out. Stop trying to meditate when we're angry. Like it just, it will not work. <laughs> you know, let's acknowledge the anger, get that out in healthy ways.
1: Mm-hmm. I just, I so appreciate it. I so, I, I think, um, like I said, I've been watching you and I really appreciate kind of on my healing journey, watching you and thinking, okay, temper tantrum, two hour cry. Like I've been uh, tippy toeing into like trying to release, trying to heal. And there is something about when I get emotional about my dad, kind of there's one option that I think, yeah, keep it together um, I'm in public and then there's another thing where like totally honoring him and kind of letting all the tears come out or um, so I think the temper tantrum releasing emotions, sounds so it's, it's easy to say, but it's not easy to do. It, it's not easy. Like it doesn't, it sounds easy, but in the moment I, I, and I don't know if others kind of feel like this is not fun. Like it does not feel fun to cry. It does not feel fun to be in a temper tantrum. Uh, But I am listening, and I'm hoping someone else is listening, too, that maybe that's what they need to release the emotions, to get back to whatever it is that they need to deal with, honor, you know, respect in their life so that they can sort of move forward and be the role model. Instead of being the role model and swallowing it all down, um, be the role model by saying, yes, I have emotions, and I am scared, and I need to honor that or respect that or address it or rather than uh, pack it all, pack it all down. So
0: yeah, the programming runs really deep in terms of having a physical ailment. So something physically that's not working properly, or something's off. And then we tend to go to a physical doctor, you know, a naturopath or, uh, you know, family doctor, and then we're waiting with our hands out for us, you know, a supplement or a prescription or whatever. And, but really, we have to, anytime that we have any type of issue, we've got to look at it holistically. You know, what's going on in my relationship, my career? Um, what have I been ignoring? What am I not ready to face? And um, yeah, it's really important to kind of yeah process those those emotions. And it's all part of the healing journey. And you don't necessarily have to sit and cry for two hours. I and mean, you can no. just set the intention. I'm ready. I'm, I'm open to receive this healing energy and I'm, I'm ready to deal with this. I'm ready to, to let this go. Um, and it will, it can come in many different ways. And, and here I am. I mean, I still sometimes, I, you know, I'll see my, uh, I'll, I'll see somebody walking down the street and I'll be like, oh my God, that person looks like my dad. And I'll tear up and I'm like, oh, i miss you dad. Or I'll see old pictures or videos and things like that. And I'll just like, oh man, like, you know, beautiful tear up. And, but here I am, you know, it hasn't even been a year since he's passed. And I just had, you know, the father's day will be a year this coming week, I think next week and father's day just passed. And I, I wasn't sure how I would be, but because of the work that I've done, I felt so grateful that I had a relationship like that, you know, with one of my parents, I was so grateful that I had that support, somebody that I could lean on where I felt safe and protected and that believed in me. And, uh, I just felt so honored and just filled and filled with, with gratitude. And, and I wasn't sure how I would feel, but I, I know, again, that's a reflection of the amount of work. I mean, again, it doesn't mean that I don't cry or don't miss him or anything like that, but I, I, I wasn't sure I'd be a hot mess or not by the father's day. <laughs> you know, when I, when he first passed, that was a flash that popped into my head. Oh, everybody's going to talk about their dads on father's day. How's that, How am I going to feel then? And uh, I felt at peace, which is you know, that's the result of healing, you know? And again, this is huge in in the cancer, healing cancer naturally. It's, you've got to dive into your grief. And when you set that intention, I I was telling you before we started recording, but a relationship that I'd ended, you know, many moons ago, like over 20 years ago had popped up in a dream. And I was like, oh, I didn't even know I still had grieving left to do about that relationship, you know? So journaled about that and ripped it up and let it go, but did more work around that. So Yeah, it's powerful what can happen.
1: And I wonder if, well, I guess I would hope, or uh, I'll just remind listeners, if you're listening to this podcast, really, I love that imagery of the check engine light. So yeah, you can just grab the light and throw it out. And I have tried that, Charlotte. It doesn't work so well, (laughs) but I have tried it. And I would say, yeah. There's other things that start to bubble up. Other lights and uh, whistles and bells go off until somebody sort of taps you on the shoulder and says, you know, maybe I have an idea. So the check engine light could be a signal. And yes, our inclination um, often is so interesting to put our hand out. And I mean, that's what we did growing up, like with respect and love for everyone who tried to help us and heal us in the past. But we would put our hand out, Uh, you know, do we need a Tylenol? Um, Yeah. And so that could be one, but two, if it is a check engine light, should we be checking in with our emotions, what we've been swallowing, packing down? Like I imagine it, you know, packing it down into my gut. I think that's where I pack it all. And so what are we packing down, not addressing that maybe we should take out lovingly, address it, recognize it, you know, share with our families about, whatever the emotions that we're having. And then hopefully we would also change that next generation too, that they too can come to us and say, um, I need to deal with these emotions rather than pack it down for a lifetime. So.
0: Yeah, because when we do, we're suffering in silence, and everybody is affected by that. Every, every relationship we have with our kids, with our partner, with right. coworkers, there's a heaviness energy that we that we carry when we're suffering in silence. And this is the time when I think now more than ever, and I think the last few few years, we've really kind of take notice you know many people have kind of really taken notice like man health is really on our terms like nobody's coming to save us it's really on us and it's time to make life our medicine make our relationship our medicine make grief our medicine make you know water our food our sleep our laughter our movement make it all our medicine it's all our medicine so find joy now that you know find peace. Now we've got to create that, um, not in the future. I'm, I'm going to be happy. Once I get this job, I'm going to be happy. Once I move, once my relationships gets better. And it's like, no, it, it starts with you now start making life, your medicine now. And and the healing journey is a lifelong journey. It's not when, you know, a tumor goes away. It's not when our gut gets better. It's not, it's, it's a lifestyle. Life is our medicine. And we need to kind of tap into that energy daily.
1: That's beautiful. That's exact that's exactly it. And that's really I had the podcast on pause for a bit while I myself was struggling to be well. Um and then as I've been relaunching it now I've really been thinking about you know living life. We 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 named it Overflow thinking we want I I wanted to promote that women are living their best life. They are living in overflow. They li- they're living vibrant um whatever that is their their awesomeness, whatever that is, and so even though there's pain and obstacles and emotions in life, I guess that's what I'm learning from you is really addressing them. They are part of our overflow, and they are part of our healing and our life, and our vibrant like as you said, as our joy, so thank you, you've really connected that for me, so yeah, thank you for being in my life and uh I I totally adore you and I send you love and light and uh, I'll watch you on your journey. I'm listening. I'm struggling to listen. Um, there are some days that I, that I am resistant, but um, a lot of it is going in and I'm slowly learning and trying to respect my own emotions and all the things I've packed in and trying to release them so that I can, I guess, as you said, live life on this um, healing journey. So. Truly, thank you. Like, grateful for you. I love you lots. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Anything, anything left that we should uh, we should mention, Charlotte? Before we sign off, I think
0: we'll just end with like you know, make life your medicine. Feel the feelings now. Process them now. Um, move now. Eat healthy now. You know, truly make life
1: your medicine. Is it now the right time for sure? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. I hope this podcast feels like a guide in your ear, encouraging a shift in your mindset, boldly challenging you to stretch self care goals and continue to strive and achieve big accomplishments in life because you're not here to be average, you're here to be awesome. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Overflow. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend and subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any comments, ideas, or feedback, you can find me on my website, peoplebrain.ca. Thanks so much for listening.